I guess we could call it. Yeah, the Mor- Megamorph Club, as someone on Twitter suggested to us. Yes, because um, we only realized that this book came between the previous book and the next book after reading the next book because the only, the, I think the only thing that carries over is that they mention fighting a Valique, which is the main monster in this book. Yes, the entire contents of this book can be summarized in a single sentence, which is, as Jake says, I think, we defeated that Valique monster. Yeah. So there you go. Now you don't have to read Megamorphs. <laughs> yeah, I thought this would be fun, but... Me too. No, I, I also, this is, <laughs> Parts this of it is were. you know, mea culpa is shared, I think, on this case, because I also was really excited. I thought this was the dinosaur book, <laughs> but it's not. It's the Rachel's Amnesia book, and I yeah. really didn't like it. And I do, I guess, <laughs> before I go super negative, I want to point out real quick that when I talk about things I don't think work or joke about, like, encyclopedia animal facts, that's <laughs> all in this larger context of my huge affection for these books and my appreciation for the miraculous work that uh, Applegate and the writing team pulled off. Like, I love these books. Yeah. I, this was not the best these books can be. No, I, I definitely, I definitely, the whole time I was reading it, I think, I mean, we did read the next book ahead, but I think... Yeah. This book, like, there's no stakes because we know that the next book, there's hardly any carryover. And, yeah. And there's not much, um, like, there, there isn't really, like, an internal arc and, like, focus the way the other books have had so far, which kind of made them really fun to read even now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember reading this one as a kid and liking it. And like I said, I remembered the amnesia plotline and couldn't figure <laughs> out which book it was. But, yeah, I feel like a lot of this just didn't work as a reader who isn't an eight-year-old kid. Um, yeah. But I think it's... There, there are some parts that were really fun, so I'm not I'm not going to completely throw it out, but it felt like reading an official um, fan fiction or something because yes. it, like, didn't really fit in continuity. Like, there was stuff that... We've read the next book, The Alien. There's stuff that once I've read that, it kind of ruined the drama of that book a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very strange. But I think... I'm guessing they made this book partly because they could put it in like book fairs and have kids buy this as like a starting point to the series yeah because yeah. they they spend so much time in this book going over stuff from other books and explaining yep. every part of being an anamorph so i'm guessing this wasn't really i'm guessing their heart wasn't in this one as much as the yeah. other books i think this was more of a hey guys do you have a couple weeks to <laughs> set up um, uh, a book we can use to sell the rest of the series to kids. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's like a, an ongoing problem in like serial storytelling, right? Like comics all the time. Like how do you get into a monthly comic that's been happening for like 20 yeah. years? Do you point someone to like a Wikipedia entry or do you once in a while do like an intro book like this? Yeah. And the real challenge is how do you do that and set up any kind of emotional connection or stake, which this yeah. book really lacked. <laughs> I guess, like, if I'm being generous, yeah, it's functional. You're absolutely right. Like, it serves a purpose of, like, here's the basic, like, they all introduce each other over and over again, and they tell you all about what a Yerks is, what a Yerks is, yes, what a (laughs) Yerks is, what controllers are. Um, I guess if I'm being super generous, I could maybe read this as, like, Cassie kind of has, like, not an arc, but, like, an emotional hump to get over. Yeah, like, they have, they have plot lines, like. Well, do they all, though? (laughs) I don't know that they all do. 
Like, there is stuff happening, but, yeah, oh my god. The fact that Tobias, I didn't realize that he spent 80% of this book either asleep or just, like, not around. And he comments on it, too. He's like, man, I really feel left out of this book, guys. I was like, yeah, boy, you were. It's, It's just, it's really strange, and I... There, like I, there were like little parts that I liked. So I, yeah, like, okay, that was what carried about, me through. Um, yeah, so, anyway. there are a couple of little things I liked, like the <laughs> yeah, car chase. Yeah. I liked Cassie's triumph. I liked Axe's cute moments. Yeah, I, I liked Visser Three's pet. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, the pet! And, the monster is so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, the monster is pretty cool. But like, I don't know. Um, it was. I rough. wish those scenes could have been excised from this and like yeah. sprinkled throughout the other yeah. books in the main Animorphs canon. Yeah. I don't know. I no, I I felt the same way. Like, okay. Maybe we should get into the plot and then okay, I feel yeah. like we'll I feel get like to these as we get to them. I feel like it was the structure of the book for me, not the plot that was the mm-hmm. worst. Because mm-hmm. the plot could have been enter- like the plot could have been fun, but they kept like each chapter is narrated by like each kid and it's not in the order like the way the books are, it's just sort of like the way that the like action determines it. But sometimes they would have like some exciting stuff happening with one character and then they would cut away to a different character in a different location doing something completely unrelated which ruined mm-hmm. all the like excitement and, and right. like tension. any momentum that's built up is immediately suddenly you're you're not like marco yeah. like crouching away from this giant monster you're like hearing about somebody else having a nice yeah. day at the beach down the line yeah so okay so let's get into the plot okay <laughs> uh, well plot with like quotes around it because there's like three different adventures they have yeah so the first part is Rachel has a gymnastics, like a two-day gymnastics camp that she said she was like her that she signed up for before she became an animorph, um, and then she's like with the rest of the animorphs trying to decide if she wants to go, and then she eventually decides like I guess it's safe. I can, I guess I can go. And that's pretty much. Right. That's I guess I can trust it. my friends to like hold the town down for a weekend, yeah. which you know in theory that should be fine. Um, I did like that Melissa Chapman comes up for yeah. a second, because my, my memory was Melissa Chapman was entirely just a book two plot device and yeah. then never brought up again, so it's kind of nice that she keeps getting these little sideways mentions. It's like, okay, yeah. NPCs still that. exist in this world when we don't see them <laughs> on camera. That's cool. But so yeah, Rachel Rachel makes the decision that she's going to go to gymnastics camp after all, yeah. and at this point, that still seems like on the up and up. Yeah. Um, then we, we switch to Cassie's perspective. I think Rachel's left the barn at this point, and the rest of them are still talking about, like, yeah, what are you like, up to this weekend? Yeah, and it turns out that Marco wants to go to a pool party that he didn't get invited to. <laughs> but Jake and Cassie were, <laughs> yeah. explicitly. Um, and and I, I do like that they explain why Marco wasn't invited, and I was like, yep. I see why Darlene didn't invite him because apparently right. when he was ten, he what he was invited to a pool party at her house and he put a baby Ruth bar in the pool and said someone pooped in the pool and that, that was why he wasn't invited back. Which, which you know, fair. I don't think I would want I that would kid back at him. my pool party. Um, in this little aside. Cassie also mentions to the reader just casually that she has a theory that Rachel and Tobias like 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 each other. So Cassie Cassie knows what's up, and Jake just thinks it's kind of sad, which also yeah, is accurate. No, he's absolutely right. This is a terrible, tragic, doomed ship, and I love it. And the thing you have to understand is this is only two chapters in, and mm-hmm. both both kids narrating oh, both yeah. two chapters start with like one or two pages of them recapping everything that happened to them yes. like like i mean all the books have a recap page but this one it was so it much recapping <laughs> over and over and over and over and over and they each also do like 
within a whole page introduction of another character. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of recap, and that I did the not thing, I did not pay great attention yeah. to this book, like full no. disclosure. And I think part of it was my brain just goes into autopilot yeah, and flips right over, like I know this, yeah. But like it, the thing, actually, the thing that killed me more than recapping the entire series was they would mm-hmm. recap stuff that happened within the book. So like yep. there are parts where like they would like they explained um, mind speak two different times like they explained twice that like oh there's like you can there's different channels of mind speak you can speak in general or you can speak to one person they explain this twice in this one short book and they like recap each other and they like recap i don't know that like this was like part of what like was hard to make it through the beginning third of the book then they kind of calmed down on that right Um, and you know the the recaps in the other books do a good job of like the story so far introduction i don't know why they felt the need to expand on it like have a little more trust i had to assume because like the other ones are like the ones in the normal books are also like a little bit more stylized like it seems more like the kid is talking to you like marco in this one came off a little better because he was a little bit more like oh hi i'm marco i'm the cute one which is like he has a distinct voice it's nice Um, but I like honestly, so much of this book, I felt like I was looking at the page and like I could see where like Scholastic was like, "Hey, we need you to introduce yeah. everything. Can you just like right. add this in? Kids might not get it if they haven't right. read or the book. They books. might have forgotten what a yeah. yerk was from two pages ago. Yeah. So just tell them again, which is hard. Like there's not a lot of, you can do with yeah. that kind of oversight. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't blame. I feel like this book was just not meant to be. Like, like it's like a tool rather than like part of the series proper. But um, I did enjoy Marco trying to get Axe to join him in sneaking into the pool party. So (laughs) that was cute. Like I can't say this book had nothing for me because that was adorable. Mm Because it was like they're in their own '80s movie where Marco's like, "They won't invite me. I'm gonna sneak in. Come on, Axe. (laughs) We're gonna go to this party." And then Axe is like, "Like, why would you want to go to a party you weren't invited to?" And Marco was like, "She totally likes me. I'm gonna go like." listen in on her <laughs> like I, I was actually really confused about his plan because first I right, thought like me too. oh he's gonna sneak in then he'll like show up and be like ruin oh whoa the party. I'm here oh, but no oh, we had different thoughts about Marco yeah. I thought he was gonna show up and ruin the party like oh you didn't invite me like someone pooped <laughs> in your pool anyway too bad but instead he was just gonna go as a mouse and listen for gossip right which is like <laughs> Like I said, he's such a good detective. He's so good at detective work. But I also was surprised that that was his master plan. I like. I actually like. I think because I was bored by part of the book, I started like trying to figure out. I was like, did like were they originally going to have him do something more salate? Like, was he going to like peek at the girls and then they decided that was too much? Like, too salacious. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what was like the thought process? And then I was like, this is this isn't even the main plot. This is just to get Marco <laughs> to the pool party in a funny way. Um, right. Cause I think there's also like, they had to start splitting up the characters in order to have the multiple POVs work in this book. Right. And I think otherwise sometimes... it's just like, we're all in the barn looking at each other. Yeah. Forever. So like, so once Marco gets to the pool party, there's like an awkward, like they cut from Jake and Cassie who are already at the pool party to Marco and, to- and Axe. And like, they have to re-explain what happened in the two seconds before mm-hmm. he got like, because <laughs> we see, like, we see Cassie and and uh, Jake at the pool party. They're having a good time. And then they, the host of the party, Darlene, is running because she sees mice. And obviously, Cassie and Jake are like, mice oh, don't chase people. Like, right. these mice are chasing her. I did like that this is the first time we've kind of seen them on the other side of, like, you know, controllers mm-hmm. dealing with the animals suffer through this all the time, right? Like, spotting animals that are out of place. <laughs> being like, oh, that's an animal, yeah, And suddenly me. here they are, like, oh... 
oh yeah, yeah. okay we, we know what's going on here yeah they figured that they figured out that mystery right oh but... right that mystery <laughs> But yeah, then they do have to, they have to recap from Marco's perspective, like, let's rewind yeah, time about which, 10 minutes, yeah, which like does he, show yeah. us that, like, Marco blackmailed Axe into helping yeah. him by telling Axe, okay, Axe has fleas, yeah, we know this, that. this has been established, um, like, beautiful <laughs> poodle-sized fleas, and Marco is blackmailing Axe by saying that Marco has a rare medicine to treat <laughs> the fleas, which she can only get for Axe if Axe helps him spy on the pool party. This is so, like, it's so cruel, but it also, like... I do like that they're having, like, a very low-stakes adventure. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, like, so mean of Marco, but I, I but want also them to have... pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, I want them to have, like, a buddy adventure. Um, yeah. Buddy cop? I would watch that movie. And meanwhile, while all this goofy stuff is happening, there's a Rachel chapter where she's on her way to camp. She's going to catch the bus, but instead oh. of going right there... I she- think I, I was actually super unclear... On why she's doing this, but she's told the camp folks that she's not going to camp, and she's told her friends and family that she is going to camp. I never figured out what she wanted to do with this weekend in the first place. I think it was like she was originally not going to, because she Mm -hmm. thought she couldn't leave. Uh, And so she told Melissa, like, hey, I'm not going to go. And I guess Melissa was supposed to spread the info. Um, This is before cell phones, so I guess once Rachel was talking (laughs) to the Animorphs, and they said, like, hey, you should go anyway. Like, what's, like... It'll be fine. And then she decided to go. I guess there was no way of her informing anyone except her mom that she was going. So, like, so she was in, like, this weird... She was, like... Like, in the narration, she's, like, I guess I didn't realize how dangerous that was. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my parents thought I was supposed to be away all weekend. The people at the place I was going thought I wasn't going to be there all weekend. So, like... So, basically, she, she turns into a bald eagle to go check on Tobias, which she's like... Because they love each other, which is fine. Like, I'm always willing to buy that. She's like, oh, no big deal. Sometimes I, I, like, leave books for him. So I just wanted to check on him and see how he's doing. (laughs) It's not, like, a thing. No, obviously not. We're not married. We're not bird married. No, they're not, like... So cute. So anyway, so she flies off to go look for him and then ends up getting mobbed by a bunch of, I guess... I think they might be crows because... Because Tobias. Tobias talks about crows earlier in the book. <laughs> Tobias specifically says, like, oh, I can't believe you're helping out a crow, Cassie. Yeah. Like, crows are so mean to me. So, okay, that's been foreshadowed, I guess. I guess. So, like, apparently Rachel wasn't paying attention. She's just like, I saw some baby birds, and then they attacked me. And then she, like, plummets out of the sky, and that's the end of her chapter is her, like, in huge danger. And then we cut to, like, I think this was, like, Marco talking about morphing into a mouse to go to the pool party. Yeah. Um, and there's even a part where Tobias... Like a couple chat, like a chapter or two later, is saying like, "Hey, I saw a bald eagle get mobbed today. That was <laughs> ridiculous. That was so funny for birds. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, your girlfriend morphs into a bald eagle. You didn't like send <laughs> just a quick thought speak just in case. Like, like hey, buddy, like is that you, Rachel? <laughs> that costs you nothing. Like all the time, these kids could be checking on each other and thought speak, and they just don't. I, I feel like they're usually better about it than this book. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's because this is the alternate universe, yeah. right? Like, these are their non-canon selves, so they're not quite as good at, at thought-speaking logic. That's what I have to believe. Me too. <laughs> um, so... Back at the pool party. Back at the pool party, um, 
Marco and Axe run away, and instead of leaving the pool party, which would make sense, um, <laughs> well, now, being now chased, Mar- Marco's trying to put your version of his plan into effect. Yeah. right? He wants to demorph down in the basement so yeah. he can come back up and be like, "Hey, it's me. Which, I hear you have a mouse problem. I'm brave and strong and cute and funny. Like, yeah, I'll help you solve that." It's me and Jake's cousin. He <laughs> <laughs> met one time. Aww. Like, I. So yeah, this is why I was really confused. I was like, I thought this was the plan to begin with. Why? Why are you doing it anyway? Like, anyway. <laughs> so they start to do that, and then they're going to come up, but instead, a huge monster shows up at the pool party, and it's like a giant tornado cloud with knives and stuff, and it and ruins dragon the pool party. Wings, maybe? It was yeah, very like confusingly wings. described, and, like, many different eyes, yeah. Yeah, like, it sounded, like, it both sounded kind of cool, but also I could not... I, I was just picturing, like, a cartoon tornado. <laughs> Wait, okay, I also, I got stuck on, you get stuck on mental images yeah. sometimes, right? You can't, like, get your yeah. brain to work around it. Mine was, you know, the brave little toaster? You know, the cartoon blender? <laughs> That's what I was picturing. <laughs> like, there might not even be a cartoon blender, but my brain put together, like, a giant cartoon blender with eyes, like, angrily flapping it on dragon wings and busting down a wall of the house, and I couldn't get past that I, image. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> there, okay. Actually, there is. I just a, couldn't. There is actually in this book, like they've in many books, they've sort of described Andalites, and I think in this book they made a, a point of saying that Axe's arms are really, really delicate. And so up until now, I just huh. assumed I just assumed he had like you know like a normal like thin like teen arms, like just like right. not muscular, not but, Visser three, yeah, buff, but, not Visser you know. three. But when um, Marco and and Axe are acquiring the mouse, like Marco hands the mouse to Axe, and then they say something like, "Like Axe has very small arms. Like he, like he had to use both hands Does to hold the mouse." T Rex arms. Like I I when when they were writing this book because I think the, <laughs> the, the book cover art of Andalites supports my feeling that he's, <laughs> right. like, a human torso on a deer body. A deer body, yeah. But this makes it sound like Andalites are, like, slightly, like, their torso parts are slightly smaller than human, which is, like, weird to me. Oh, that's strange. So are I they, don't like, like that mental image. Ba- yeah, I don't like, I don't, like... like a child torso yeah, like on, like, a arms? big deer body with T-Rex baby arms? Yeah. That's, I mean, that fits more with, like, the body horror of the rest of the series, <laughs> but I also really don't like it. Not yeah. one bit. Not at all. And especially since, like, Cassie and Rachel described Axe as looking cute. Right. Like, even in Andalite form. So, like, why does he have baby? (laughs) I think because nothing else was happening in this book, I was stuck, like... Just two baby arms projecting directly out of his neck. Yeah, like, what was their mental image of this thing? Unclear. (laughs) Anyway, the thing attacks the party, and then we cut from that in Cassie and Jake's chapter... Then we go to Marco and Axe explaining that they went in the basement, and then we see the monster again. Right. At the end of that chapter. So, repeat, repeat. So, so it, chews through, it chews through the basement wall. They're terrified. Yeah. Um, this whole time, they're, like, they're still morphing back to human. They finish morphing back, and suddenly, like, when this blender monster is inches away from their faces, it suddenly looks distracted, and it leaves. It, like, dissolves yeah. into a million little nanoparticles and flies away. And then we get back, I think, to Rachel. Yeah, because and I, oh, I'm so mad about this. Yeah. I like, I have some, I have, I know part of it is a personal bias against like amnesia as a trope in writing. Like, 
you know, um, I get from a logistical perspective, like it's a chance to reset a character to like allow them to become who they are again. But it's also in a very real way, it's like removing all of the power that a character Mm -hmm. has accumulated. It's making them like this helpless state. Um, I don't know. I really don't like that. And I really don't like that on Rachel, someone who's all about like, you know, I'm, I'm tough and strong and that's part of me. Um, and I don't know, I also have, like, personal bugbears with amnesia. There's, like, you know, history of dementia and Alzheimer's in my mom's family, and memory loss is terrifying yeah. to me in general. I'm, like, a forgetful baby, and that's just not yeah. a good point to start from. I feel like also there's, like, a level of um, reality with the way that the books so far have treated, like, the kids having nightmares, having, right. like, trauma based on the stuff that they've gone through, which is, like... A higher like they set that bar of there being a little bit more reality and how the kids are reacting to this stuff than right. they had to, which means that when in this book there's suddenly this like ridiculous like she got hit in the head so she can't remember anything it's like, the whole <laughs> book having it's like, flashes is like this is not how anything works and this yeah. is like I get that they wanted her to be like reintroduced to what the animorphs are with I'm assuming the, with new, the reader. new reader right but, but oh it's just really frustrating in this book especially since she's away from everyone else which would be cool if she was having like a good adventure because I think this book the, the alternating POVs is best when the characters are not <laughs> with each other right. um, like all of them at the pool party so like in theory her being far away from them would be cool but the fact that she's just like basically she we get to her in this chapter and she's half bird she's like demorphing and she's trying to figure out what's going on and obviously she's very confused that she's half right. bird. like that's horrible she wakes up yeah. with like a beak and like chicken legs and that's no good everything that happens to her in this book is like a terrible nightmare yes yes it really she loses like multiple limbs it's yeah. just not a good scene for I rachel mean, i think that's why i remember this book so like this was like in my memory is like there's a book where she's in the woods and terrible things happen because i because she was my favorite character and also this is horrific yeah <laughs> so she's oh. a, she's demorphing from a bird and she's like am i a bird person what's going on i don't know where i am i, I don't have no i don't have any shoes i'm in the woods and then like mm-hmm. the the um, well, we don't know it's a Valik, but the Valik shows up, the giant tornado monster thing, and, like... Our blender friend. Yeah, our blender friend shows up and, like, almost attacks her, and she's understandably freaked out, and she, like, walks, and she ends up, like, in the road, and the Valik attacks a truck in a the ben road. And the ben truck. and Jerry's truck. Which, okay, a couple, there's, like, one flavor, like, I think it was Cherry Garcia, yeah, and the flavors. other flavor they mention is wavy gravy. Yeah, what is that? I that don't has to be out know. of production, I right? d- Oh, obviously, but it also <laughs> doesn't sound like an ice cream flavor that you no. want to eat. That sounds like an ice cream flavor I see on a shelf and, like, throw all the pints yeah. of it in the trash no, to, like, save other people from gravy ice cream. <laughs> like, yeah. no thank you. And... So, yeah, so it attacks the truck instead of Rachel, and she by then she demorphs, and she's okay. Because, mm-hmm. spoiler, the monster uh, basically is drawn to morphing. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been trained to go after morphing yeah. energy, like Which, whatever that might be. Yeah, like, V3 kind of explains this, and it, I feel like also, like, with this monster, like, the way he explains how this works doesn't make any sense. Like, no. I mean... They're aliens, so they have a certain amount of leeway in these books. <laughs> but, like, even given what we know about aliens so far, this is right. ridiculous. Anyway, so, so yeah, so the monster goes away. Like, there's a whole, like, hubbub. The news comes and films this um, accident, which they're calling, like, a tornado, which is also what they're claiming um, the thing that basically hit the pool party Wrecked was. the pool party. Yeah. Wrecked all those teens' days. <laughs> so then we cut from that, which is really dramatic, to... 
Cassie and Jake hanging out and Marco, at the barn. Yeah, hanging out there watching the news, mm-hmm. and they're watching the news story about this tornado, like kids do. Which I, I guess, <laughs> I guess they're animorphs, so I guess right. maybe I guess they, they need to stay right. Like they know something suspicious about this tornado because Marco saw like blades on it. Yeah. So that I will buy. Yeah. What I'm less convinced about is why they're taping yeah. it. They're yeah. like they're taping it on like a VHS yeah. tape, like on the news segment, just because that's obviously what you do with local news network. Especially like, like now if you have like DVR, I guess like right. that's easy. At the time, taping the news would require having it's a huge pain, like having a tape on hand that you don't mm-hmm. mind using for this. I guess you could retape it, but whatever. And then like choosing to start taping as the news begins, mm-hmm. like because because anyway, the point of this is that they're able to rewind during the news segment and see that they can see Rachel in her like leotard walking in the background of the shot, like really blurry. And they're like, wait, she's in her morphing outfit and she's not. At she's camp. barefoot. Yeah, she's yeah. barefoot. She must have just morphed. What's going on? We have to mm-hmm. go see what's going on. Um, so first, first, I think Cassie tries to call Rachel's yeah. house. Like, good, good move. Yeah. It's smart. And she tells us. I probably dialed that number every day for years, which is very sweet. They're also very married. Um, And I don't know, I was definitely not a kid who called, like, my friends daily to chat or very Mm -hmm. much at all. I'm not good at that. So relationships like that are really interesting to me. And, like, I think I put them up on, a like, a cute pedestal a little bit. I think, I like, yeah, I definitely never called my friends that often. But I do, I think I still remember the phone number of, like, my, my baby BFF because yeah, yeah, I would call are, her house for play dates. Right. Like I think my, my best friends from middle school's phone numbers are like the only ones yeah. I remember anymore that aren't my family's phone numbers. That was also that was also pre-cell phone, so you actually had to know the number. Because <laughs> I could <laughs> right. not tell you I could not tell you like my parents' work numbers and oh, no. that would oh, be a number no. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> right, like um, in case of emergency, yeah. like let me well, they probably moved houses, but let me call yeah. my best friend from ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um so anyway, so she calls Rachel and I really yeah, I really like how close they are. I like how their families like she calls Rachel's house and she knows Rachel's sister already. Mm-hmm. Like it was nice seeing like there's small stuff in this book that's really nice, like seeing Cassie talk to Jordan, Rachel's yes. little sister. Um but, yeah, so Rachel isn't at home, and her sister's like, yeah, she's at camp. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, so we cut back to Rachel. I just don't like this scene. I don't like this. I really this. don't like this scene. Or, like, any of these scenes yeah. of her wandering in the woods. Like, the thing is, like, there's, there's like, a kernel of something interesting in it, but But they never... Good. Every it's, other time, like, a side character like this comes yeah. up, they're handled with empathy, yeah. and, like, they go back mm-hmm. to resolve it. But in this case, it's just, like... So Rachel runs into a woman living in the woods yeah. who clearly has some kind of detachment from reality. Rachel doesn't think she's, like, dangerous, so she yeah. follows this woman back to her house. Um, and, like, it takes an additional tragic turn on top of, like, obviously our country's social support system is terrible and not anywhere near passable. But aside from, like, the obvious tragedy of, like, here's someone who's, like, not getting the social yeah. support they need, like, this woman starts talking about, like... Essentially, we get the impression that she's an ex-controller, that the year yeah. in her head has died probably as a result of the Condrona destruction. Yeah. Um, but Rachel, So that's kind of the device that's used to get Rachel to start remembering, yeah. like, oh, what's a year? Like, what's a Actually, controller? what killed me was that um, before she goes into the lady's house, um, like, this woman collects clothes, basically. Um, yeah. So she has, like, some cast-off clothes on, like, on a laundry line. Like a line. clothesline, yeah. Yeah, so... Rachel's, oh. first, <laughs> Rachel's first memory oh. flash is because she sees a yellow shirt and is like, 
That's from the limited. And then she has like a flash of like of shopping the at the mall. Right. Which is like on the one hand that was entertaining, but also this is before a scene with this like this poor woman who like is, is living an awful tragedy. No. Also I saw on the wiki on the wikia um they were saying that because I've been looking at the trivia sections in case there's anything interesting. Nice. Are you on, um, like, Seropedia? you got to yes, point me to which one you're on. Okay. Nice. Because um, the, regular, the regular Wikipedia doesn't have as much. Um, no. Obviously, they aren't as devoted. Um, no. So, they, so apparently, a lot of fans have, like, the fan theory about this woman is that she was the single person who got out in book one. Oh, um, oh, that hurts my which heart. Which would be interesting, but I, I just feel like, in, like, the way that she is I think, in this yeah, book no, is not... I think that's too generous a read. Yeah. Like, I, I think she's just a one-off character. Especially, because they, they couldn't. Like, it's not a canon book. They couldn't yeah. introduce someone interesting or, like, resolve something that they set up many books ago. And it's like, I also feel like in, in other books they were a lot more um, thoughtful about how they had kind of one-off tragic uh, controller humans. Like, we've had, yeah. we've, like... I the Chapmans like, and yeah, like and like even the teachers in um, the next book. Um, there's some stuff in the next book with controllers who are having trouble, and I feel like even they are like there's just a little bit more of um, it being a problem for them. It's not just like they're a scary monster who's threatening an animorph, right? Um, like, yeah, I had a lot of trouble with this entire like mini plotline, which is not even the main plotline of the book, right? Um, but basically, the woman. Like, Rachel goes into her house, and the woman collects clothes, so Rachel is trying to get shoes from her. Eventually, the woman is asking Rachel... Basically, the woman is asking uh, Rachel if she has a yerk in her, and the woman is convinced that she does. So she locks Rachel in her in the basement. cellar. Yeah. And... And lights the house on fire, which right. is like there's just so much happening. That right. I was there's just so much like... not to believe about this, right? <laughs> like if you're if you're that deep into hoarding, like you're not gonna burn down the things that you think are protecting yeah. you, or like I don't know. They probably didn't think that much about it. I probably shouldn't think this much about it. Like I I did like that it seemed at first like she was just this faceless, like oh she's just a mentally ill woman in the woods. But then like once you hear her talking about like yurks, it's like oh no she's. Like, I mean, I don't know what her, like, state was before she was controlled, but, like, that did not help her, right. understandably. Which I was like, that, like, the glimmer of, like, the Yerks messing people up and, like, leaving them not doing well, basically, is sort of interesting. But, like, the way that this character is set up is not yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, no, I think if it were... If it were a more nuanced portrayal of her, then, like, oh, she's super paranoid and destroys Rachel's life. Yeah. Or, like, makes makes Rachel's bad day even worse. Um, or if they resolved the plotline with this woman later, I would be more yeah. willing to buy it. Um, and, yeah, I know I agree with you that there's, like, it could have been really interesting to yeah. see, like, how does she reintegrate into society? Like, what do you do with people who are, like, aware of this alien invasion yeah. and can't talk about it to anyone? Because yeah. that's basically what the Animorphs are going through. But instead, Rachel turns into a bear and yeah. breaks out of her house, and we never see her again. Yeah, and then that's the end of the chapter. When like, yep. Rachel's in a burning house, turning into a bear, and then we cut back to like cut back the to kids the- watching TV. I think. <laughs> yeah. So then I think Jake and Marco and Axe and Tobias all decide that they're going to investigate. Like, okay, we need to find Rachel. None of us yeah. have cell phones, so what do we do? Yeah, and, they know, and they know I mean, it's a pretty woods. smart plan, right? Yeah. Like they bring a bag of Rachel's stuff. With them to the edge of the woods, and they decide to morph wolves yeah. to track her down. Which is smart. Um, yeah, no, that's smart. And I hope that's nice for them. Like, they didn't talk about being wolves being as fun as yeah. being dogs, but probably that's nice. Probably that's They're better probably, than... Probably a little more bugs. focused than Homer. Yeah. <laughs> Not as much just about the good pets. 
Um, but yeah, so as soon as they start morphing, the monster shows up. And then my summaries for the next five chapters are just like a single sentence of my yeah. frustration. Like, Rachel's still morphing a bear. Yeah. Then we're back to Marco and the monster's chasing them. Then we're back to Rachel and she morphs and she finishes her bear morph and like stands her ground against the dust cloud and she's <laughs> gonna attack it. Yeah. It's... And then Axe shows up. Yeah, there's so many chapters that are very short, which mm-hmm. I guess are good for little kids. But like in the other books, they have short chapters that I feel like are more satisfying because in this since they're cutting from pov and trying to describe what happened to the previous pov there's a lot of like this chapter was literally just setting up this character as being in a certain location yeah Um, there's never a complete it's not a complete scene and it's not a complete emotional beat yeah so it feels and it's not it feels weird not yeah it's not an interesting cliffhanger it's not an interesting place to leave you dangling it's just and then and then and then it's not a butts in their fours kind of book yeah it's and it's like partly it's that the nature of the thing they're fighting is that it's drawn to morphs so a right. lot of this book is setting up where each individual character is while they're morphing so that the thing can move. And, like, that ends up being part of how they defeat the monster in the end is they sort of have to trick it by confusing it by them morphing all over the place. But it makes it really hard to connect with any of the characters in, like, an emotional way. Because yeah. as something is getting exciting, they cut to another character doing something else. And um, usually usually one of the things these books have been really good about so far is that the main character has, like an emotional through line of their own that kind of parallels the monster of the month or whatever they're fighting. And the only hint of that we've gotten so far um, in like the second chapter is that Cassie tells Jake like, oh, I keep having this dream. I keep having this dream where I have to choose who lives and who dies, which is, you know, that's, that's fair. They've all got terrible trauma. Like they're all having very bad dreams, but then it's just dropped until the last four chapters of this book. Like no one has a chance to develop an emotional through line because they keep switching chapters. Yeah. And so it's also like we don't actually see because in other books we've seen the kids having dreams um that were related and like especially in, in Cassie's um first book it was oh, right, all no, about the message was all about those dreams. Um, and like those are pretty cool sequences but in this book I think probably because of like page count issues or what they they just have Cassie tell Jake about it but not even in detail like I I honestly didn't even remember her saying what the dream was about until later on. She's like, it's right. just like my dream where I had to choose between <laughs> if right, she me tells or my you friends. Again. She tells you again because she knows you've forgotten yeah. because it was not a memorable description the yeah. first time. And it, like, like it was like things like this where I felt like they were, they were like, okay, what well, we have to get across about Cassie so that she's empathetic, but also sometimes has these sort of fantasy style, like dream things. So because she had a dream thing in her book, we have to have her do something like that in this book. So she has to go to the beach. She has to have a dream. <laughs> and, like, so it was just, I I feel like I could see the wheels in this one more than usual. Right. Oh, yeah, no, and I think part of that is, like you said, because it's so functional, like, a yeah. lot of that, the, like, I can see the outline of yeah. this book much clearer to the surface than I usually yeah. can. Although then I'm like, I don't know how, how long, because I don't think this book was one that they spent as much time on, understandably. How could you? Right. Again, <laughs> you know, how could you? You're doing this in the same oh, time yeah. period that you're writing a book a month. Yeah. So, and then also we get to see Axe for the first time because Axe hasn't had a POV yet. And his book is the next one, um, but this would be the first time you're seeing him if you're reading in the right order. Because um, mm-hmm. this book and his book came out in the same month. So, I'm, I mean, technically it takes place in between. Um but we see Axe, and he kind of introduces stuff that is a big deal in his book and has, like, a lot of dramatic and emotional weight. And this book, he kind of, like, mentions it, and then since he's not the main character, it's just sort of... It's just dropped. <laughs> um, because what happens is um, we cut to Axe. He's with all the Animorphs trying to find Rachel. He sees a bear um, trying to fight the Valique, 
and basically it's Rachel and she like tries to like like swipe it with her little bear paw and it basically she's Rachel yeah because it's Rachel and it bites off her arm and then tries she, to tries to swipe it with her other paw and it just takes the entire limb yeah so, so that's <laughs> awful that's awful Actually, and like again terrible animal gore in this book and like she can't remember anything so this is a fe- is like double terrible because in the last book at least she knows that she can demorph and, like, get her limbs back. But in this case, this was, you know, amnesiac Rachel is like, okay, well, this is just me <laughs> yeah. now. I can morph into a bear, and then my arms came off. Like, it's so bad. So, <laughs> so Axe, Oh, yeah. She's mostly armless at this point, right? Um, Can't do but, much to fight. Oh, it's bad. So then Axe sees her and goes, Rachel, is that you? And then Rachel's like, who's Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Axe, oh. like, starts to morph um, and gets to try to fight and try to help her. But then the the Vleek sees him morphing and then grabs him and takes him away. And, right. and he, he figures out, like, I think he figures out partway through the morph that, like, oh, it's drawn to things yeah. that are morphing. I wish she had just, like, yelled in his yeah. mind at Rachel, like, hey, Rachel, this is what it does. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> Find your and, friends. Like, I love you. Bye. Yeah. Like, it's bad. Like, I feel it's like bad. maybe a tiny bit of it is that he's not... Like, in the next book, we see a lot about Axe and, and where he's at. And um, in the beginning of the book, he's sort of saying that he isn't as close with the Animorphs because he hasn't really let them... I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff right. in the next book that's interesting. We really we really like the next book, yeah. so get, um, get excited for that after this mess. But I think it's um, because do... that book is so good with how they yeah. treat Axe. Like, that this one, I'm like, I feel like all the Axe chapters seemed off to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's still... He has a couple of cute moments. Like, yeah. a cute... Like, an alien observing Earth for the first yeah. time moments. And there's uh, some nice moments with Marco... Um, I liked in this chapter, he says, Marco is highly intelligent, but yeah. he is also very afflicted by a condition the humans call sense of yeah. humor. <laughs> I which love is it. precious. Yeah. Um, but most of that really felt sprinkled in among, yeah. like, they're still trying to find a voice for Axe because he hasn't been defined by a whole book yeah. yet. So any kind of surface level treatment he gets, like, you're still missing this deeper motivation for why is he a little yeah. standoffish, which, again, we'll get in the next yeah. book. But in this book, it just comes across as, like, and then there's Axe, and yeah. we don't really have a voice for him beyond, like, a little alien. He also, he, he seems really um, stiff and formal in this book. Mm-hmm. And then the next book, I feel like there's a much more nuanced view of him as someone who, like, he's from a culture that's very stiff and formal, but he himself isn't, like, he's a kid. Like, I mean, He's we a see, goofball kid, yeah. We see, like, in the first chapter of the next book, we see him acting, oh. like, more like himself. Yeah. Um, so it's it's weird. Um but maybe, maybe for again, this, this is not. a weird AU. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. count. Yeah, like technically, it takes place because we we hear ja- we hear Jake mention the Valique, but honestly, I'm kind of assuming that this isn't real. <laughs> um, but anyway, well, they so, all just had a shared dream yeah, about okay. a terrible monster. <laughs> so, um, so Axe gets taken up by this monster and dropped into the Blade ship, yeah. um, which is Visitor Three's ship. And, yeah, this is another part where Visitor 3 is acting as if he's never seen Axe before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even says something like, some of my lower controllers are thinking that you aren't really Andalites, you are humans, but now I know you are Andalites. And I was like, I thought you you saw Axe, like, two books ago. Right, like, and commented on, like, oh, like a baby. Like, yeah. are you all so weak that you're forcing your children to fight for you? Like, we've already yeah. heard this This conversation has happened before. Yeah, and like, also... It's, it's treading water. And it's also, like, knowing what happens in the next book, having Axe yeah. confront Visser 3 it, and it have it It cheapened be... the next book yeah. for me a little bit, honestly. Like, I'm glad we read them out of order. Yeah. Um, but, um, so just pretend this doesn't happen. Yeah, pretend this is, like, a alternate universe. Because, yeah, it's weird. And um, the, 
the stuff with Visser 3 doesn't have as much weight as literally any other book. Yep. Although, he had some good moments. He had some peak oh, he did. moments. Yes. Um, like, uh, when we hear, uh, so Visser 3 named the monster. Yeah. He named the Valique. And Valique, apparently, in year, can just <laughs> means pet. Yeah. He's, he's, he definitely, like, there's a part later on where the Valique comes back and he's like, hello, how are you doing, my friend? Like, yeah. he, like he, he clearly, like, he just super wants, likes it. Right. Like, he wants a tiger. If he can't have a tiger, like, at least he has a pet. And also, this is like, have you met my cat? She's really cute. Her name is Pet. Yeah. Have you met my dog? Also great. His name is Pet, too. Like, Get a little more creative. For a Yurik, maybe that is creative. Like, that's, that's okay, the best that's they fair. can they do. They probably, right, like, in their natural form as a slug, like, they're so busy taking care of themselves, they don't have time <laughs> or space for the concept of a pet. I'm surprised they have a word for it, but I guess... Me I, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at that precious fruit. Like, what's the equivalent of a slug flea? That little <laughs> bug you've acquired sticking to you. What shall we call it? <laughs> okay, so while while Axe is on the blade ship, Cassie is looking for Rachel, and she's looking for Rachel at the mall. Yeah. Because obviously that's where you run when you're terrified and barefoot and, yeah. like, just morphing back and forth. And, like, Cassie, like, it's sort of explained is that Cassie um, was a little bit relieved that she was doing the mall um, search because she has spent um, most of this book feeling scared about everything, and that ends mm-hmm. up being, like, her... Her, her thing through line is yeah. feeling like a coward, which I guess is good, but I don't know. It just feels weird. So she's looking for Rachel at the mall. She looks in all the usual places, and she's not there because she's in the woods. Right. <laughs> um, but then Cassie sees Chapman, and she decides to follow him because I guess she figures maybe she'll find out something about where Rachel right. is. Like a long shot. I do like, um, again, there are some nice character yeah. moments in this book, and Rachel has a nice like, discussion with herself where she's, you know, um, she's been talking about how she does feel afraid and how, like, oh, like, she's worried that Jake is being sexist by trying to yeah. protect her, but at the same time she's, like, a little relieved and she's yeah. trying to balance those two those two uh, concepts. Um, and while she's still feeling afraid, she sees Chapman and she's like, oh, it really, it would be a really bad idea. It would be, like, <laughs> stupid and dangerous of me to, like, go spy on him on my own. Am I just doing this stupid thing to, like, yeah. prove to everybody else <laughs> that I'm not scared? And obviously, the answer is yes, yeah. right? Like, and I feel that. It's very tempting to swing all the way in the other direction just yeah. to show, like, no, I'm brave. No, I'm dangerous. <laughs> like, no, I can handle myself. Yeah. Um, so, so, of course, she does. She morphs a housefly yeah. to go be a bug on Chapman. And, yeah, one of the specific um, chapter breaks that was just ruining everything for me was specifically, we cut from Axe on the Blade ship looking at Visser oh, 3, yeah. uh-huh. and it's, it's introduced in this book, and it's a big deal in his book, that he's going to have to kill Visser 3 because he killed um, Axe's brother. We cut from that very dramatic moment where Axe is being put in prison, and he's like, I didn't do anything. I should uh-huh. have done something. Like, like I'm terrible. Cut to Cassie going, zoom! <laughs> and then just like talking about how great being a fly is. And I was oh. like, I was like, oh, I was like getting, it, like, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then we cut right. to Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, the structure of this book is really frustrating. Um, so she flies after Chapman as a fly, and she like follows his bald head, and then she, we, we get to hear a conversation between Chapman and two other controllers about um, what's going on with Mr. Three, <laughs> which I really liked that um, one of the controllers is a policewoman, and she's saying, like, what is what is Visser 3 doing? We have to clean up after him. <laughs> right. No one's going to believe me when I say that this is, a, like, a tornado. 
why is he doing this? He's ruined. Like, like it's just like them <laughs> complaining about their higher up and how he is like terrible at his job. And then Chapman's like, don't tell him. <laughs> like, do you know who you're talking about? Like, you're going to die. Yeah. And then I also like that he's like, I heard that if Visser 3 doesn't get these Animorphs, he's going to get demoted. And if he gets demoted, he's going to kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh, like, I, I believe, like, absolutely, oh, Visser 3 would go on a rampage and just take out, like, 100 controllers for no real reason other than, like, his ego has been deeply harmed by suddenly being Visser 4. Like, Dr. Visser yeah. 1 does not want to be Visser 4. He might even be Visser 5, they said. Oh, like, he might wow. go down a couple wow. t- I also like that it's like he wouldn't be struck out of the, like, Order of 13 or whatever. He would just be demoted. <laughs> like, like, right. like, like that's everyone the else worst gets thing. bumped down below him. Yeah. Like, for, for Yurk, it's like not really like being struck out is terrible. It's no, like, just being demoted is so much worse like that oh, everyone can see your number is different and then you have to tell everyone you meet like actually guys oh, i'm not visser three anymore so just call me visser four we're gross and like mumbling mumbling the end of it that was i know i mumble a lot but that was me oh, yeah. being visser three like deliberately oh, mumbling to like not tell you which number he now has he'd have to change his little york business cards <gasps> oh no oh what do you think his business cards look like now oh my god they're probably like they're probably blinged out. Like, I'm sure he has... <laughs> like, he probably got that holographic... Um, <gasps> like, a lenticular business yeah. card, and it's, like, him morphing into a really scary oh monster on the front. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. And, like, and then yeah. the back is a photo of him and the Valique with, like, a little <laughs> collar leash on it. And oh it doesn't goodness. have any contact information for him. Like, it just says, like, the number three. Like, you know where I am. <laughs> or more three. like, I know where you are. You've seen my work. <laughs> I know where you are. Yeah, I... I oh. Why isn't this book about Visit 3 getting business cards? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Next time on Morph Club, we write and read our own fan fiction about Visit 3 going (laughs) to Comic Con. Get excited. I love it. So, um, yeah, we cut from that to poor armless bear Rachel. Oh, um, trying Trying to detransform in a, like, she goes up to, like, a river and just lies in it and is trying to detransform. It's like... (laughs) This poor, sad, giant grizzly bear just, like, flops down in this tiny stream. And she still hasn't really worked out what the deal is with this morphing stuff. Like, I think she, like, there's a part with, um, with the woman in the woods where she's wondering if, like, she's also, like, losing touch with reality and then, like, She's trying to figure out, is she, like, some kind of, like, alien? Is she a yerk? What's a yerk? And so, anyway, so she's detransforming, and she turns back into a human, and she's okay. And then she wanders off because she doesn't want to go back on the road because that thing might get her, and she doesn't know who to trust. So she, like, goes into a housing development and finds a house that's empty and, like, breaks in and eats a bunch of Nilla wafers, which, like, (laughs) for some reason, this specific, like, this and her... Her needing shoes and then her yeah. going into an empty house and eating Nilla wafers. I have like a strong like memory of reading these yeah. sections. For me, it was, it was the Nilla wafers and like when she's talking to this this poor woman in the shack. Yeah. She specifically she pulls up like a piece of bark and hands yeah. it to the woman and is like, "This is my credit card." And yeah. those two details are too. like the only things from the Rachel chapters that stuck with me, like from my original reading almost two decades ago. Yeah. It's weird. So weird, weird. What sticks with you? So she eats some cookies. She gets some cookies. She, she gets some waters, nap. and she gets a nap. Yeah, yeah. And like then basic she, needs covered. Yeah, Maslow's and then, very happy. And then from her nap, she wakes up screaming anamorph because <laughs> she has some like flashbacks during her nap. <laughs> and this is like the third time that they've mentioned the word anamorph because I think it was definitely like a hey, we need to get kids to know what they are. Recognize the brand children. Like, start asking your parents today for more Animorphs books. 
so some of the police saw her break into the house, so they're like, hey, whoever's inside, you gotta come out, because you can't be in this house, this is yours. So she's like, I gotta morph, what do I do? And she's like, I think I saw an ant in my dream, but I'm not gonna be an ant, thank God. Um, (laughs) And then instead, she morphs an elephant? (laughs) Like, if she just morphed a cat, she could have just gotten out of there, but it's Rachel, so I guess elephant would be better. Um, and then she spouts off some elephant facts. Yes, nothing feels more like the author reaching through the pages to, like, pat you yeah. gently on the head and give you an animal yeah. fact. <laughs> Which, I do feel like there's, like, a fraction of them that feel like it was um, Kay Applegate and her husband being like, hey, listen to this cool fact I found. <laughs> um, oh, that's charming. That's a much but... nicer way to read it is, like, them talking to each other, like, hey, hey, did you see this cool thing about elephants that I found? Um, but yeah, in this one, there's like a couple too many <laughs> yeah. to feel. Um, yeah. Again, like this was written in a rush, I am sure. I'm I can't sure. even imagine the pain of writing this book <laughs> on like um, a week deadline. Yeah, I, it must have been rough. So anyway, yeah. so the rest of the Animorphs have worked out that the thing is driven, um, the, the Valique is driven to find morphing Morph energy, people, yeah. Morph energies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like that they base realizing this off of... Um, Tobias going, wait, when I'm a hunter, I'm attracted to movement. Maybe the Valik is doing something similar. And then also Cassie hears um, the controllers talking about the monster. So everybody knows except Rachel um, how this monster works. So then they decide to drive a truck and morph and drive the Valik away from where (laughs) Rachel is. Because they can... They can, they can move quickly it. in the truck, I think, is the idea. So they're going to yeah. use the truck to, like, get away and then use the morphing to distract it. And this is this is one of the other few sequences I actually remember, is Marco <laughs> being terrible at driving. Yeah. Um, so they steal, I think they steal Cassie's, Cassie's dad's, dad's pickup truck. truck. Yeah. So that's going to be fun to explain. It's like, oh. hey, why are there gorilla paw prints and, like, elephant footprints and tiger claw marks in the back of your truck, dad? I think they did explain it. I don't know if the truck ever got back to him because no. there's definitely a part at the end where Jake says something like, we had to tell your dad the truck was stolen. There's no other <laughs> explanation. Okay, good call. That is better than like, we returned your truck, but also yeah. like, it's half eaten by this tornado monster. Yeah, there's like a gorilla like hand smashed into it. Right. right. I did. Yeah, I loved, I think I like there, I remember as a kid, like, reading some of Marco's lines out loud. Yeah, like because of the they were so loud. funny at the time. Yeah, um, I, I love that they're driving, and apparently Marco Marco has said that he can drive based because, on the fact yeah. that he's, he's played a driving video game. Mm-hmm. And Wipe then out. he's doing a terrible job, and then Jake goes, do you hate trash cans? Because he's <laughs> constantly driving into trash cans. And I also like that there's a line where like, like Marco's like, it's no big deal, I'm fine. And then Jake, it, so there's a line where it's like, then Jake said very calmly, oh, yeah. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we, okay, I, we literally highlighted the exact same three highlights so from good. those scenes. Those are all my favorite parts of this drive. This chase scene, they were good. Yeah. Uh, my other, my runner up is that when Marco's still, Marco's still full of, he's buoyant, he's full of confidence <laughs> because he's Marco. Yeah. Um, so he's telling you about like, no, it's fine. Like I, you know, I ruined like 17 trash cans and drove across five lawns. <laughs> But I have a tiger in the back of a pickup truck I could barely drive, and I was being chased by the most powerful monster I had ever seen. It was pretty cool. 
I, you know, it's not it's not the adaptation of like Life of Pi that I expected no. to read in this book, but he seems like he's having fun. I yeah, Jake gets to work a tiger again. Every tiger description is full of so many like coiling muscles, cool, yes, and like powerful. Like, like some, someone someone was into tigers because it's, of this book. I'm I sorry, mean, tigers are cool, but yeah, it gets a little like I'm like. This is a little much. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like tigers, but uh-huh. um, yeah, right. I mean, it is. It's 2016. Like it's the year of Zootopia, but yeah. like it's it's I mean, still a lot of tiger time. Yeah. And Visser three, Visser three also later yeah. gets excited about the tiger again, which is like yes. you you have a pet. Do you need yeah. another pet? I guess you do. Yeah, no, because because um, while this is happening, like like the idea is that Jake's going to transform a tiger. The Valique will be drawn over to him. Then he'll transform back. Mark will transform into a gorilla somewhere else, and the Valique will spend a lot of time. Um, chasing them instead of attacking any one of them, and, and they can hopefully get to Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we cut to Axe on the Blade ship, um, who is basically being taunted by Visser Three. Yeah. Um, and there's a part where like Visser Three comes in and he's like, "Look at this hologram of what's happening to your friends. The Valik is going to get them, and they'll all be here, and they'll all be attacked." And they, they watch the tiger, and Visser Three, <laughs> Visser Three is like such a good animal. Like, yeah. I really want one. Like, <laughs> there are some magnificent animals on this planet. I'll have to acquire one of those. Yeah. Look how it moves. Like, just singing this tiger's praises. The whole, and he's supposed to be intimidating acts, right? Yeah. And he's just taking a detour from that to be like, hey, like, I am gonna kill all your friends, but like, mmm, that one's nice. That one's a good that one. That one's a good one. Like, I like that, like, like I said, I feel like they were taking, um, Like, it's, like, the best of all of the previous books kind of distilled into one book. And it's, like, I like that Mr. Three Liking Tigers made the cut. That's that's his most salient detail behind, like, an egomaniac who really cares about his rank is, like, also, he loves tigers. Don't let the kids forget that. I mean, he likes all cats, it seems like, but he loves the tiger. Like, Mm -hmm. he would be all over the the tiger guys from Zootopia. (laughs) That'd be, like, his fave thing. (laughs) (laughs) So... I mean, he's he's about peak anime already, That's right? True. Like he's peak anime villain. He does need. If it were peak anime villain, he would have like a redemption arc sometime, and that doesn't yeah. happen. But he's still That's pretty like, good. That would be the only thing that would like rocket him right to like the very top of my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. he had like a Prince Zuko, like <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, he can't, right? Like he's terrible. He's a murderer. Oh, no. But like, like it would be pretty cool, right? He's irredeemable. But yeah, but <laughs> um, yeah. So. So meanwhile, the Animorphs are, like, out, and Cassie gets to Rachel, and she's talking to Rachel as an elephant, and a scene that I really liked, even though everything, like, everything around it is, like, bananas. Yeah. Um, there is a scene where Cassie is talking to Rachel, an elephant morph, and trying to be like, no, Rachel, like, I'm your friend, like, I know you, we're Animorphs, you're okay, and, like, they're sort of, like, like, they're reaching each other in that moment, it which was is really, really nice. good. Yeah. Um, even though I think she specifically says, like, we're Animorphs, which is, like, goofy. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I know Cassie's like, you should just trust me on this one. Just trust me. And Rachel's like, okay, you know, what do you yeah. want me to do? I'll do it. Whatever yeah. you say. Which I, I liked that. I like, like, I like their friendship in this book. Um, and and then we cut back to Axe and I, and he like describes, like he's describing everything on the ship. There's taxons, there's Harkbajir. And he describes taxons as usually handling the more subtle work. 
What? I was like, what does that mean? I thought they were just like mindless, like you send them out because they'll just eat everything. But right, no, book, me too. So, but in this book, he's like, oh, the hork are the soldiers. The taxons like are like controlling stuff on the ship because like there's a part where Visor 3 is like, I need you guys to do this. And like one of the taxons is like in taxon language, like, hey, we can't do that. That won't work. And Visor 3 just like kills him. Right, but disembowels like, him completely. But and like these like giant slug things with like pointy arms are like operating computers on the blade ship. Like but that's pretty <laughs> jarring. Yeah, and I think I blipped over the detail of like that they do the more subtle work probably yeah, again like, because it's, it really doesn't fit with like so far they've been used to eat each other yeah. to like surround Tobias with laser beams, which is not very high tech. But I honestly forgot okay. they even had Yerks controlling them. I thought they Me were too. just sort I of like... I they're just um, like allied with them. Like scavengers, right? Yeah, like, like following th- a bigger predator for the carnage was my mental picture of them. Yeah, like I thought they just kind of like either were like basically alien animals, like alien, like not even vultures, like something more predatory. But mm-hmm. no, they're, <laughs> they're like operating this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, that was, I highlighted that only because I was very yeah. Confused. No, that's, that's totally strange and feels like it came out of nowhere. But um, yeah, so I do like that while Cassie and Rachel are trying to like Cassie's trying to explain what's happening. Rachel's like, "Are all our plans this oh, yeah. terrible? <laughs> this and hopeless like, and bad? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are." <laughs> um, and then like Visser, this is like one of the one of the many times where Visser three is talking about how much he likes his pet. Like Vivali comes back after um, almost capturing the Animorphs, um, and Visser three is like, "Oh, you did a good job, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> You're honey, so I'm cool. so proud. Like, let, let me get your cat treat as a reward yeah. for like doing such a good job hunting. I think he got Marco at this point, yeah. right? Yeah, because Marco's on the blade ship. Because this is where also Cassie has her like. It's tried to. They try to paint it as, like, this big crisis that's been built up to by Cassie having this dream about who lives and who dies, and the crisis is, like, the Valiques hovering over them all, and, like, Cassie knows that if she morphs, she can draw it away from Marco, but she's terrified, and so she, like, she doesn't morph and doesn't draw it away, so it takes Marco instead. Yeah, which... That should be really emotional, but I right. I think because care. it cuts it cuts away from Cassie, yeah. like as she's making this decision, so we don't see her like dealing with the fallout. Yeah. And we don't like get to read the kind of chaos and fear that's going through her head while she's making this choice. Um, so it doesn't feel as real, and I feel yeah. like it loses a lot of the weight that on paper it should have. Yeah, especially since, like I said, we didn't we didn't see Cassie's dream right. firsthand, and we didn't see Cassie having that like anticipatory fear of it being real like we didn't we didn't see much of her state of mind about it we just saw her mention it to jake and then think about it a little bit at the mall but not much um so yeah it was just not it didn't feel as dramatic as like way less life and death things that happened like yeah. in her book so anyway so that gets marco onto the blade ship where axe is um and axe is like in his cell and he suddenly <laughs> feels a flea biting him <laughs> and that's when i realized that the fleas we're a plot point. It wasn't yep. just a one-off joke. <laughs> it wasn't joke. just this blackmailing. Yep. But no, um, because Axe has fleas, he can acquire a flea yeah. and morph down into a flea. Yeah. And then, he, so he morphs into a flea, and then Vister 3's, like, goons realize that the Andalite isn't in the room anymore. What happened? Because, like, like Axe is banking on the fact that they won't, he, they won't think that he transformed into something that small right away. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't. Like they, they do <laughs> Their first instinct is like, oh, let's open the door and go in and look. And Visser 3 immediately tells them to close it. Yeah. But like, Axe jumps out in time. I think Visser 3 kills the controller he yeah. jumps onto yeah, for he, like incompetence immediately as Axe jumps onto him. He jumped onto like a hork that was killed. Yeah. And then they take that 
corpse into the main room for some reason because that's where Marco uh, is. And right. then Axe is able to for jump. Plot reasons. For that's plot the reasons. answer. Anytime in this book is yeah. Yeah, basically. So then, so Axe hops from that onto Mister Three. Bold choice. Like it that's a, a good one. Move. So mm-hmm. so Axe and Marco are able to talk, mind speak now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Axe is basically like, I think we can figure out a plan. Or, like, um, I have a plan. Like, yeah. in a minute, there's going to be chaos. Like, when when there is chaos, like, you need to run over to this taxon's controller and just, like, think to it very loudly, yeah. open a hatch. Which is kind of cool yeah. to, like, hear how the blade ship is controlled. Yeah, like, I like, it, it's like the um the lifts from the other book where everything's yeah. mind-controlled, which is cool. But, yeah, this is where we get another mind-speak explanation of, like, oh, Visser 3 is always broadcasting on, like, yeah. all levels. <laughs> but, like, we can talk well, to each other and he can't hear us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and Marco says a lot of like Star Trek stuff. <laughs> yes. He's like, it looked like the bridge, except instead of like Captain Kirk, it was Visser Three. <laughs> <laughs> so um Marco's so, a good nerd. And I I also like that when Axe is explaining his plan, he laughs and Marco's like, I've never heard Axe laugh before. Yeah, oh and the way he's like written he's out, written out ha, 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 which yeah, is like, cute he's, too. He's learned this from the humans and he needs yeah. to communicate how he feels about this. <laughs> like, oh I will tell you. Ha 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 <laughs> I I know what to do. Um right. so basically they like open the hatch where the balik is, I think. Because they're they're letting it eat. Yeah, so that's that's why it's out in the room. And then yeah. once it's out in the room, Axe starts morphing on Visser 3's yeah. back. So the Valique, that's super smart, because then yeah. the Valique, like, goes after Visser 3, and they have to try to contain it with, like, hoses. Which, again, like, this is Visser 3's pet that he's, like, spraying yeah. with water. Like, no, down, boy, down, yeah, you can't eat like, me. He's just like, water! And I think, <laughs> I think Marco is like, why is he so thirsty right now? <laughs> I mean, you heard him talking about those tigers. Like, yeah, he is a thirsty I mean, boy. He's a thirst boy. Um, stuff happens, and Marco and Axe end up, like, falling from the ship. Right. They, they get out. They get out, but they're just, like, falling, and they have, like, a dramatic sequence where they both demorph and then try to remorph into birds before they hit yeah. the ground. It's very exciting. And, and it's hard. Playing. Like, this is setting up. It's really hard to morph multiple times yeah. in sequence. So they've kind of been, like... I don't know when that was decided, but it's been slowly, like, built in as the books have yeah. continued. So this is a great excuse for them to be like, and they're exhausted. Yeah, and, they're like, that's tired. why the stakes are so high, is it's really hard to demorph and remorph. Yeah, which, yeah, that's a plot point. So mm-hmm. so they survive. Meanwhile, Jake, um, Rachel, oh. and Cassie, like, Rachel remembers enough that, like, she knows, like, who she is. It ends up being at the end of this book, she still has a couple, like, gaps, but she's mostly fine. So right. <laughs> don't worry about it. So, so the, but the rest of the animorphs go home and assume that Marco and Axe are dead because they don't know right. where they are. Which is, which is like everything. Like I forgot that they didn't know what happened to them. So I was like, "Yep, I guess this is the end of the book." And I was like, "Oh, they think they're dead." And Marco and mm-hmm. so, so like Jake goes home and he was like, "It was one of the worst nights of my life. I thought Marco and Axe were dead." And I was like, "Are you <laughs> kidding me in this book?" Um, oh, and right, he gets grounded because he walks yeah, in at grounded. like midnight, like covered in mud, and it's just a hot <laughs> mess. And yeah, no, that's brutal. But again, like we don't feel the weight no, of them thinking their friends are dead because it immediately cuts away. Yeah, and then and then he wakes up to Marco in his room, going like, "Hey, I'm alive! What's up?" <laughs> um, and then so he so they they end up hatching a plan to once and for all uh, destroy the Balik, um, which Cassie volunteers for because she felt bad about. Like, she's been feeling like a coward all book. Right. So she's like, no, I'm the best morpher, so I'm the best choice for this, and I need to do it to prove that I'm not a terrible person Mm -hmm. for letting Marco get taken. 
which I, I can buy that she would make that choice, but it's just, it doesn't feel exciting. Um, yeah. So she, basically the plan is that she acquires a whale. So she's going to have to demorph and remorph three times. So she's going to fly, Tobias is going to take her up yeah. in the air. Like she's going to ride as a bug on Tobias's back. First, she had to be a dolphin to get right, to, the, to get whale. the whale. Right, this is like the old lady who swallowed a fly levels yeah. of like morphing Matryoshka logic. Yeah, she like she's a dolphin to get to the whale. She acquires mm-hmm. she demorphs to acquire the whale. She remorphs into a cockroach partly in the water. Mm-hmm. Tobias picks her up. Some, yeah, somehow she gets on Tobias's back. Tobias yeah. carries her like half a mile up in the air. Yeah. And then, they have to do most of the morphing underwater because yeah. the Valique won't go into the ocean. Yeah, because they know the Valique and water are bad news. Yeah. Also, we know that like when, when Axe was falling, he saw the Valique um, while he was a flea, and he could see that it's like um, a swarm of tiny, tiny, tiny um, animals that are like one sentient being, which I thought was really mm-hmm. cool. Like, I like yeah. the monster. Like, it's a cool monster, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it doesn't like water. So, yeah, so Cassie's a, a cockroach, and then she has to demorph from that very, very high up. She falls, the Vleek catches her, she demorphs, and then it, it'll hold her. And what they found out before with Rachel as an elephant is that the Vleek can't pick up things over a certain weight. Mm-hmm. So it grabs her, and then she starts morphing into a whale, which is huge. So like, <laughs> she pulls the Vleek into the ocean with her and destroys it. Which is yeah. kind of cool. Like, I like that as, like, the end, but... Me too. And there's a nice... She has a nice conversation with Tobias while she's, like, flying as a yeah. bug on her, his back, too. Um, I mean, by nice, I mean, like, nicely illustrated, very sad and yeah. sweet moment where she's like, Tobias, like, I, I've been so afraid. Like, do you ever feel scared? And he talks about, yeah, I'm, my life is terrible. <laughs> I'm scared all the time. Like, birds could kill me. A cat could kill me. Like, it's hard to be a hawk. He's- um, and what matters is that you have to do things anyway. Yeah. He's listed all the things that can kill him so many times that, like, yeah. when he did it in this book, I was like, oh, my goodness, why? <laughs> uh, there, he also, like, he mentioned to um, Marco and Axe oh, yeah. what a bad idea morphing a mouse is. And, like, they didn't get it somehow because then he, like, later on is like, yeah, when I see a mouse on the ground, like, it's really hard for me to not kill it. <laughs> and, then he, and then he's also, like, later on he's like, Oh, I just killed a mouse, so hold on, I have to clean my talons yeah. <laughs> so I can fly better. Right, um, he like he saves their life like three times yeah. while they're running across the space of one yard. He's like, yeah, I like threatened a hawk that was going after them. I like two cats were looking yeah. at them with murderous intent. So like, it's nice to have this illustration of like Tobias really is living in a yeah. different world than they are right now. I do feel like he did not communicate to them beforehand what a right, right, no, <laughs> like only after the fact. He's like, by the way, like anything can kill you when you're a mouse. Like, it, it feels like choice. Tobias is like porting in from another dimension in this book where he's like, oh. <laughs> like he spent the whole, like he spent the entire huge like scene before oh, right. asleep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like when they're hatching this plan, oh. like, like when Marco and Axe come back that night, cause like during the night, um, Tobias can't see very well. So he wasn't involved. He was asleep. So like they show up and they're like, we have this plan to defeat the Valique. And, and Tobias is like, I slept through everything. <laughs> him but it was also like i like i can see why they wanted to um give tobias morphing back um soon spoilers whoa uh you've seen the book covers (laughs) Um, fair fair point so um so yeah she they defeat the valik um, and cassie cassie sings a hopeful whale song i think is the very end of the book which is kind of nice she also gets to say um those are three i watched your dog (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> which was adorable. Oh, that is. Because they were like, Cassie, are you okay? Are you tired? Do you need help? And she's like, we did it! <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad oh. that Cassie gets to be the, like, dumb, the exciting kid. Like, one. Nice. Yeah, that is good for her, for sure. So, yeah, that, and that was it. That's the end. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I, I oh. thought there would be more, but Me there was too. not. <laughs> no. It didn't so, feel... Uh, No, I I think that really contributes to the feeling that it's not, this isn't in continuity, right? It's like, this is such a self-contained piece of, like, of fan fiction. It was, like, yeah, like, so parts of it were fun. I liked parts of it. But as a whole, it was just not, it wasn't up to the standard that we've had so far. And I I think we understand why. I think there's no way that this would have been the best book of the series, just by Mm -hmm. the nature of what it probably had to be. Right, the constraints put on it, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I I feel like we're not too harsh on it, but it's not a book that you have to read if you were yeah. like if you've already read it. I hope you enjoyed it um, <laughs> because we um, announced this before we read it, but it was okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I also feel like yeah. I it makes me I don't know. I, I'm a little concerned about the later books yeah. now. Now that we've I've been reminded of like okay, like this is what the series looks like when it's not at the top of its game, yeah. and it's been at the top of its game so yeah. far. But we'll we'll uh, we'll figure that cross out. that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> um, so I think that's about it. Yeah, this is a uh, this has been Morph Club. You can talk to us on Twitter at Morph Clubcast or with the hashtag Morph Clubcast. Yeah. Or chat with us on Facebook with our our Morph Club cast group. It's fun. It's been like a really cute clubhouse so far. And I love love chatting about it with all the folks in there. Yeah, I mean, mostly we've been sharing weird animorph photos. Like promo art. Animorphs like, right, ephemera. Yeah. Yeah, like things that surrounded the Animorphs phenomenon, like Transformers toys and like the inside covers of the books that we're not talking about on the cast. Yeah. Yeah, because we... I can't do justice to some of these inside covers. No, you have to see them to believe them. <laughs> Which I'm um, sure was like, that sounds like a tagline right out of one of the books. But yeah. that's okay. Yeah, we also, we dug up um, interviews with the cover artists, which are really interesting because they they look very goofy now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they were like high, like the uh, front line of technology yeah, at the like time. The, he's describing making these covers in 1997 and he's like using a computer, he's using all these programs... He had to like go back and paint parts of the morphs. Mm-hmm. He had to, I don't know. Like they're 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 really cool, but also look very silly now. Especially yeah. since the, I mean, I don't know how you could draw a gorilla in an alley and not have it look goofy. So it's not <laughs> it's not really his fault. Aww, These books are inherently they're inherently kind of silly. They're, they're funny, and but silly. that's what we like about them. So. Yeah. You should definitely look at, in the Facebook group, uh, my brother Jackson um, is living in Japan right now, and he has a couple of the Japanese editions of Animorphs, and those covers are all hand-painted, which is really cool to see. Those are really neat. Yeah, so thank you. If you can leave us a review on iTunes, that would be awesome, or a rating, but, you know, we're all busy. We get it. Yeah. That sounded so passive-aggressive. I didn't mean it that way. I meant, like, it's cool if you can, but if not, no worries. (laughs) Yeah, it would just be nice if you feel like doing it. Um, Yeah. So, thanks for listening. I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. Bye. Bye.